It's great to see everybody here today. We are in Judges chapter 13. And we're going to, um, this is the story of Samson. Am I too loud for anybody? Okay. It, um, I'm not used to the mic. But in chapter 13 of Judges, we have the story of Samson. And Samson is from the tribe of Dan. And down in the southwest corner of Israel. Uh, if you've got a map in the back of your Bible, I guess I started too early. So I get to chew my cabbage twice. Okay, so uh, Samson is comes from Zor, which is... When they divided up the land and they used cities as markers between the, um, the tribes, like Zor was one of them, and it was a marker city between Dan and Judah. And so basically, if you just divided the city in half, half of it would belong to Dan, half of it would belong to Judah, making it a real easy reference point um, when they divided the land. And so... Um, in chapter 13, I'm going to read a little bit and then we'll talk and uh, then I've got some other scriptures. But Now the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the land gave, so the Lord gave unto the hands of the Philistines, excuse me, so the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Zor, of the family of Dan, of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had borne no children. Okay, as uh, we've been studying, and Scott and Vance pointed out, this is the same cycle of the Israelites would be faithful, they would fall away, They would cry out to the Lord. This goes all the way back to when they left Egypt. The 40 years in the wilderness, the same cycle. Now we see the same cycle after they've come into the promised land, after they've supposed to have conquered their own territories after the initial battles and cleaned up, but it didn't happen. Okay, in verse 3, And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Hmm. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Wasn't that the same thing that happened with Abraham and Sarah over in Genesis 17 and 18? How about with Elizabeth? In Luke chapter 1, where the angel says, you're going to have a son. Well, how about with Mary? You're going to have a son. Okay, so 
The angel is announcing the birth of a son. Does that make it special? Yeah. And we're going to see how special it is. And we continue to read in verse 4. Now therefore be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come to the head, uh, come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to del- and he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. A couple important things here that we often overlook. He's going to be a Nazarite from birth. Was the Nazarite vow a lifetime vow, or was it a time period vow? It was normally a time period vow. And it would start, well, we can go over into Numbers chapter 6, and it tells of the Nazarite vow and all that's involved in it. So in Numbers chapter 6, starting in verse 2, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine and strong drink, he shall drink no vinegar, neither made from wine or strong drink, neither shall he drink any grape juice, nor eat fresh or dried grapes all the days of his separation. He shall not eat anything that is produced from the grapevine, from the seeds, even to the skins. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall pass over his head. He shall be holy until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the, to the Lord. He shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow long. All the days of his separation to the Lord, he shall not go near to a dead person. And it goes on and explains... But that sets the groundwork that they're not to cut their hair. There's the initial shaving of the head. And it seems to me in the New Testament, Paul might have done something like that. And so we have examples all along, but it's always interesting when you study to teach, you learn more reading through this of Numbers, I hadn't realized it gotten down to the seeds and the skins of the grape. How dedicated they were to be. In, in Israel, in the Middle East there, how, how much grape is used? It's one of the main staples. Okay, the, the seeds, the vinegar, you know, and we think when we do something good, when we try to dedicate a time period 
for the Lord. It, could I just see a show of hands? Anybody do a fast? It doesn't matter if it's for 20 minutes or for two days. Anybody ever do a fast? Yeah, a lot of us. And during that time period, we often say, well, okay, I'm not going to, I'll drink water in order to maintain my health, but I'm not going to eat. Other people will say, well, during the fast, I'm going to drink juice. And, but that's getting nourishment because juice has vitamins and all that good stuff. And we remember when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, he didn't have anything. I'm sure he had water to some degree, but it's dedication like this. And here, the um, when you take a Nazarite vow, you're not to touch anything that comes from the vine. But here's Samson. He's going to be a Nazarite from his birth. He's not to drink anything uh, grape-related, eat anything grape-related, and he's not to go near a dead person. And this was especially hard for the, for the Jew, for the Hebrew, if there was a death in the family. So he couldn't even, in theory, he couldn't even come and pay respects to a, a dead family member because he was to stay away, he was to abstain, he was to be away from uh, anything dead. But as we get into the story of Samson, we know that doesn't last very long. Okay, so... Um, in, in the second thing in verse 5 is that we need to pay attention to is he shall begin to deliver us from, or the Israelites from the Philistines. Uh, All the judges prior, that are mentioned prior to this, what does it say? That they did deliver from the enemy, from the Philistines or whoever, okay, and that the land had rest. Here it's going, it says it's going to begin, he is going to begin to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. In verse 6, And the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me. His appearance was like the appearance of the, an, of the angel of God, very awesome. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Um, And I did not ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and now you shall not drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing, for the boy shall be a Nazarite of God from the womb to the day of his death. Then, Then Manoah entreated the Lord. He gets word that she's going to have a child, that they're going to have a child, and he prays, he entreats, he asks the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom thou hast sent come to us that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is to be born. 
And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she was sitting in the field. And Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came the other day has appeared to me. Okay, she ran quickly to her husband. Twice now. What's that say about her? Any idea? If you got news, would would you be so excited that you would want to share it? Yeah. Okay. Well, this strange man has come to you twice, has come to his wife twice, and spoken to her. Was that the custom during that time period? If a stranger came up to you and talked to you, what were the... What were the women to do? They were to be quiet. They weren't to talk to strangers. Okay. But she she runs and tells her husband. Then Manoah rose and followed his wife. And when he came to the man, said, Are you the man who spoke to the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when, when your words come to pass, what shall we be the boy's mode of life and his vocation. Okay, there was no doubt. Manoah says, when your words come to pass. Okay, this mode of, the boy's mode of life and his vocation. He's saying, how are we to raise him? And what is he going to do? He's going to be something special. We know that because you're a man of God and you've come to see us. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Let the woman pay attention to all that I said. She should not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. Let her observe all that I command. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you that we may may prepare a kid for you. I've got to catch up on my notes. Okay, so that is going to prepare a kid. They're going to feed him. They're going to show him respect. I got to find my place. Um, Okay, verse 16. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food, but if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. Okay, side note. Were they supposed to do burnt offerings themselves? Who was supposed to? The priest Okay, how many years has it been since they crossed the Jordan? A bunch. Okay, and over and over again through what we see through the judges is they did what they saw was right in their own eyes. Okay, Um, we have later on in life Saul. 
couldn't wait for the man of God to show up and offered a sacrifice himself. What did that do? It cost him his kingdom. Okay, but here the angel is saying, offer the sacrifice to the Lord. Manoah said to the angel, what is your name so that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? But the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Some versions say incomprehensible. Okay. So Manoah took the word or took the kid with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, and he performed wonders while Manoah and he performed wonders while Manoah and his wife looked on. Anybody ever catch that? Who performed wonders? Who performed miracles? God. For it came about when the flame went up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. Now the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah or his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. So Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. Wait a minute. If they were going to die, it would have happened immediate. God didn't wouldn't delay it. Okay, um, seems to me there was somebody that wanted to see God, and he walked. God walked by and held his hand out, so the vision was blocked, and all that they could see was the the backside as God walked away. Who was that? Anybody remember? I'm sorry. No. Anybody remember? Say it out loud. You got to say it loud. I can't hear. Moses. Moses. Yeah. Okay. And seems to me there was a prophet that was looking for God and went up on a mountain and there was a strong wind and lightning and storm and all that and then the real soft whispering and it was God talking to him in a soft whisper we oftentimes look for God in the to be big and bold but he's right there in front of us all the time I'm getting off anyways um Okay, so the angel ascended in the smoke in uh, verse 22, or in the flame. Uh, Manoah says, for we, we're going to die, we've seen God. But his wife said to him, this is verse 23, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have not accepted the burnt offering or a grain offering from our hand. 
nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have let us hear things like this at this time. We need to see God everywhere. He's there for us. Then the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. And the child grew up, and the Lord blessed him. Hmm. I think that's happened a few times before, hasn't it? Or I should say, since then, that God has blessed the child. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Manadan between Zorah and Estol. Okay, so Samson has grown up, has grown, he's grown up, um, and we're moving into chapter 14, but it's interesting because the Spirit of the Lord stirred in him. Okay, he's starting to be guided. In verse, uh, chapter 14, starting in verse 1, then Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Okay, you got to remember in the Old Testament and the New Testament, when they went down to, anybody went down to Jerusalem? Jesus. Down to Jericho? Yeah. Okay, elevation-wise, they're going down to, Samson is going down to Timnah. Okay, Zora, let's back up a little bit. Um, from Jerusalem, if you go west, okay, from Jerusalem, if you go west, you get to Hebron. And a little further southwest is Zora. And then from there, Timnah is further west. I wish I had a map, but. Um, and from Timnah, if, if you go all the way to the coast, you'll have Gaza. And that's the area that Samson is living in. That's the area that the, these stories all um, take place in. But it's so, in reference, it's south and west of Jerusalem toward the ocean. And was Jerusalem or excuse me, it was up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a higher elevation. Hebron was a higher elevation. There's mountains. Timnah, uh, Zorah are further down. When we get to Gaza, okay, and chapter 16, we have to remember that Gaza is in a valley heading toward the coast, okay, and it's close to sea level. So this va valley is a funnel, and it points down. And so when Samson goes down to Timnah, down to uh, Gaza, he's going from Zora, which is at a higher elevation, even though it's on a, a plain. Okay, Hebron is higher yet. Jerusalem's higher than uh, Zora. So all of this is literal, okay, the Dead Sea, the Salt Sea. Okay, we've read about when Israel came into the Promised Land and 
some of the battles and the, all that good stuff, and it was down near the Salt Sea. Well, the Salt Sea is below sea level. And so they would go down to the Salt Sea. They would go down to Jericho. They, when they crossed the Jordan and went to Jericho, they, they came across the Jordan River went down to Jericho. Okay, it's important that we remember this. Um, what was the mode of transportation for 90% of the people? Walking. It was a rare person or family that had um, beast of burden that to ride. Because normally if they had a, a donkey or a mule or an oxen, it was used for plowing. They couldn't just take it and ride over to the neighbors with. It was being used. And uh, so just a couple of weeks ago, when they we learned of a judge that had 30 sons, and they rode on 30 donkeys, okay? It was a wealthy family. And so let's get back to Samson. Um, in verse 2 of chapter 14. So he came back and told his daughter, or excuse me, told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Okay, proper etiquette. The family, the father, the mother, arranged the marriage. Samson's uh, going to the Philistines. And verse 3, Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives as to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she looks good to me. However, his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, for he was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. Now at this time, the Philistines were ruling over Israel. God's letting Samson pick a fight. Now Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came as far as the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came roaring toward them. Okay, a couple things to remember about Timnah. It's on the ocean, ocean side of the mountains, and it's known for its vineyards. It's known for its grape produce, production. If Samson, as a young man, well, let me rephrase this. If my son, who is in his 30s, went for a long walk journey with Betty and myself, would we be able to keep up with him? No. Samson being younger, being more, especially um, his strength being from the, the Lord, more energetic, Samson's off wandering the vineyards, 
Yeah, mom's dad's, yeah, they'll be there in 30 minutes, so I can catch up with them. Okay, he's down in the vineyards, and this lion comes at him. Why would a young lion be in the vineyards? Rabbits. Foxes, after the rabbits. Mice. All kinds of, of game, easy game, for the lion, for the predator. Okay, and we continue... Um, a young lion came roaring at him, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, so that he tore him as one tears a kid, though he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his father or his mother. Okay, one tears a kid. It's a strange saying, isn't it? Well, there's a couple different thoughts on that, as it would be as one prepares a kid or a lamb uh, for a guest. Did everybody have their own utensils or did they eat with their hands? Most everybody ate with their hands during that time period. So in the preparation is the meat would be cooked and tore apart into small portions or cut into small portions. And I believe this is the reference of it. But Samson just renders the lion into pieces. So he went down and talked, okay, in verse 6, I'll read it again. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, so that he tore him as one tears a kid, though he had nothing in his hands, but he did not tell his father or, or mother what he had done. So he went down and talked to the woman, She looked good to Samson. When he returned later to take her, okay, so the the preparations have been made, the agreement has been made for the marriage. He's going back down to get married. He turned aside to look at the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the body of him. Okay, so he kills the lion, goes to Timnah, they get that situated, he goes back home, after a prescribed length of time, he's going back and he sees the carcass. The carcass has bees and honey honey in it. Was it a short period of time? No. Chances are, um, a lot of times people say, well, bees don't get around fresh uh, carrion, fresh dead. And so time would have had to pass. It may have been just the skeleton of the lion. It may have been that the predators had come in, cleaned up most of it, but there's some hide, the heat of the sun in that time period or in that area may have mummified part of the carcass so there's a shell of protection for the bees uh, to produce the honey we don't know but what we do know is that there is honey in the carcass okay was Samson supposed to be around anything dead no he was a Nazarite he was to refrain from it okay but what does he do? 
he sees the honey. In verse 9, so he scraped the honey into his hand and went on eating as he went. We ever read about anybody else doing that? Yeah. A battle was going on. Saul says, nobody's to eat anything until we win. But, well, he tells this group and... Eventually, word gets out, but what about the people out fighting? Jonathan, his son, comes on onto some honey and eats it. And they can tell that he's eaten something because he's, his complexion has revived. He's back full of energy. Okay, interesting little stories throughout the whole Bible that tie together. And so he scraped the honey into his hand and went on eating as he went. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they ate it. So we have here that his father and mother are also going back to um, Timnah. But he did not tell them he had scraped the honey out of the body of the lion. Then his father went down to, down to the woman, and Samson made a, a feast there, For the young men, uh, as the young men custom, customarily did. And it came about when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. In the New Testament, we have the 10 virgins waiting for the bridegroom, right? Well, in this, we may have that the, the bride has an entourage of family members of um, the town members to uh, celebrate. Verse 12, Then Samson said to them, Let me now propound a riddle to you, or propose a riddle to you. If you will indeed tell it to me, within, or answer it within seven days of the feast, and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen wraps and 30 changes of clothes. But if you are unable to tell me, then you will give me 30 linen wraps and 30 changes of clothes. But they said to him, and they said to him, propound your riddle that we may hear it. Okay, 30 guest, Philistine guest. Samson says, one suit of clothes from each. Pretty good deal, right? But if he loses, he has to give them 30 or one apiece. So he said to them, and this is the riddle, out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. But they could not tell the riddle in three days. Okay, seven-day feast, three days into it, and then we get verse 15. And it came about on the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, 
And what, so what we have here is that the story splits and runs in parallel. Okay, three days have, have gone by. They couldn't solve the riddle. They come to Samson's wife. Entice your husband that he may tell us the riddle, lest we burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you invited us to impoverish us? Is this not so? Okay. Impoverish us. One linen and one cloak. Sounds like a real good uh, group of people, doesn't it? So, Samson's wife wept before him and said, You only hate me and you do not love me and have propounded a riddle to the sons of my people and have not told it to me. Wow, what a lovely woman. And he said to her, Behold, I have not told it to my father or mother, so should I tell it to you? However, she wept before him seven days while the feast lasted, and it came about on the seventh day that he told her because she pressed him so hard. She, okay, she pressed him so hard. Here's a big burly guy, just got married to the woman of his dreams. And what's happening? She's pressing him. She's nagging him. I didn't say that. Um, Okay, and so seven days she has cried. Well, this was the fourth day when they came to her. So is there a contradiction here? No. The whole time of the feast, she has been trying to get the answer. Okay, it was the fourth day when they came and said to her, hey, you really got to help us. But she's continuing to press Samson for the answer. So the men of the city said to to him on the seventh day, Hang on, I got ahead of myself. Um, Verse 17, however, she wept before him seven days while their feast lasted. And it came about on the seventh day that he told her, because she pressed him so hard, she then told the riddle to the sons of of her people. So the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down the very last minute. What is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. It's kind of funny. Plowed with my heifer. If you hadn't gotten into my affairs where you don't belong, you wouldn't have known. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon 
and killed thirty of them and took their spoil and gave the changes of clothes to those who told the riddle. And his anger burned, and he went up to his father's house. Okay, Nazarites, not to touch anything dead, because anything dead is unclean. Okay, he killed the lion. Okay, he goes back, touches the lion to get the honey out. Now has killed 30 of the Philistines and has taken their, the spoils to pay the, his debt. Verse 20, But Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his friend. So Samson takes the clothes, pays his debt, leaves his new wife, and goes back to his father's house. His wife's father gives her away. Well, she doesn't want her anymore. We're only in chapter 15. Wow. Okay, so as you can see, God is using Samson to provoke the Philistines. Okay, we're going to, in chapter 15... We're going to get into uh, one of the tales that, uh, oh, sorry for the, I got, I forgot five more minutes, thank you. Um, We'll start 15. But after a while, in the time of wheat harvest, it came about that Samson visited his wife with a young goat and said, I will go into my wife in her room, but her father did not let him him enter. In the time of wheat harvest, spring or fall? Spring. Okay. Because over there, because of the heat, the winter grows all, or the wheat grows all winter and is harvested in normally about May. So he goes down back to Timnah to visit his wife, and her father had given him given her away. And her father said, I really thought that you hated her intensely, so I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister more beautiful than she? Than she? Please let her be yours instead. The sister swap. Ah, another story we've heard before. Yes. And this is the thing. It's nothing changes in history. It's all happened before. Okay, Samson then said to him, This time I shall be blameless in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes. Three hundred foxes. That's a lot of fox for an area. But you have to look, go back and look at the word that's used in the Hebrew writing. It's the same word, fox and jackal, are of the same family of word, and the same word is used interchangeably. 
Okay, so what's a jackal? It's a scavenger. It's not the pretty red fox that we see or picture. Okay, so he catches 300 of them. Okay, jackals run in packs. Okay, a good hunter with a net would be able to catch catch several at a time. Okay, so he catches 300 of them and took torches and turned the foxes tail to tail and put one torch in the middle between two tails. When he had set fire to the torches, he released the foxes into the standing grain of the Philistines, thus burning up both the stalk and the standing grain, or excuse me, the shocks and the standing grain, along with the vineyards and the groves. Okay, the standing grain, anybody know what a shock is? Okay, is it grain? Is it? It's the, well, there's two, two types of shocks. One is a bundle of the, as grain grows, it's like a grass, okay, and the, the grain is at the head. When Jesus and the disciples walked through the field on a Sabbath, and the disciples were rolling the grain in their hands to remove the hulls and eating it, and what happened? I think it was either the Sadducees or the Pharisees said, they're harvesting grain, they're working on the Sabbath. Oh yeah? And we have, anyways, the, the, the grain is like tall, tall grass. They bundle the, the, um, the stalks together and they have, create what's called a shock of grain. And then they carry it and then thresh out the grain, okay? Also of corn, when you come through and harvest corn, you can pick it individual ears, or you can come in and cut the stalk, tie the stalks together, and the stalks become a shock, okay? So you can have a corn shock or a grain shock. And so both were grown in that area, and both are, was that the first or second? That was the second. And uh, so anyways, so the foxes are, are going through and they're catching stuff on fire. And so we will start there next week. And in chapter 15, and please read ahead because it's fun. Thank you.